Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Leadership isn't actually about leading people. Mm-hmm. It's about finding your gift and offering your gift to the world. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with the reality of being disliked in certain situations or certain areas? That's such a great question. I think that's not touched on, right? Yeah. Like, you fail so much as an athlete, but it only takes one win. The best leaders are the greatest servants. Yeah. So serve people. One of them said, oh, when are you going to get married, have a baby so they can wow. shut you up? Hello and welcome to the Two My Sisters podcast. I'm Renee. And I'm Courtney. And we are your online sisters and hosts of the Two My Sisters podcast now we are all about promoting the wellness growth and development of a community of sisters across the world and in today's episode we have something a little different and a little special we had the privilege of sitting down with the ceo of the black young professionals network aka byp kick her on a window agoro yeah i think i said that right yes i think you did <laughs> okay you, sorry said, ah. solidarity to my nigerian i knew you were gonna sisters. say that i just knew you were gonna say that <laughs> i know the nigerians stand up nigerians we know you're yeah, <laughs> come on. But no, we got to sit down with the amazing kicker on a Winday Agoro, who previous athlete and now sensational leader of such a big, I think multi-million yeah, pound yeah, company yeah. to talk about intentional leadership. leadership. This conversation was actually held as a live podcast conversation at the BYP Leadership Conference. You may have heard us talk about it before. Yep. And as we are cultivating a community of sisters and women all over the world who we want to lead their lives and lead a life that they love as well as lead change in the world we were so excited to be asked to come and host a conversation around cultivating intentional leadership and we wanted you guys to hear it and so shout out to byp for recording this conversation and allowing it us to release it to the sisterhood we know that so many of you typically want to hear live conversations and can't because you can't be present at live shows Mm -hmm. so hopefully this is a bit of an insight absolutely into what it's like to have a guest on the podcast as well as a live podcast conversation and you can let us know if you want to hear more of this whether it be conversations about leadership conversations with women in leadership as well as live podcast conversations in general Absolutely. It's always such a pleasure to be bringing on such wonderful people on the podcast. And it's definitely something that we are interested in. We are working towards platforming some of the incredible voices of the people within our community and within our network. Mm -hmm. So sisters, we hope that you enjoy this. We also want to know who else should we be bringing on the Mm. podcast? Are there folks within your community that need platforming or any other women who are literally buzzing or doing some incredible things that you would love to hear from? Please, please, please comment down below and let us know so we can be getting in touch for sure so without further ado let's get into the conversation let's get into it are you guys ready a conversation on intentional leadership yeah let's go so as you guys know we are actual podcast hosts (laughs) and you're in a live podcast session but it wouldn't be a two my sisters podcast if we didn't do our intro there you go so hello and welcome to the two my sisters podcast i'm courtney and i'm renee i'm kiki and we are your sisters today 
today and on today's episode we are going to be talking about intentional steps when it comes to leadership fantastic (laughs) and so we're going to jump straight into it this is a safe space everyone in this room is a leader in their own right whether it be of an organization of their own lives of their group of friends whatever it is we all have influence Mm -hmm. we all have Mm -hmm. power and so how do we steward those two things intentionally and so we have a few questions Mm -hmm. i'm ready i'm ready (laughs) so as the leader of byp as the the orchestrator the chief boss the real boss Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you have done to cultivate yourself as a leader oh god it's so hard it is so hard because i always say when i started bip network it was just this idea let me just you know bring black professionals together let's find the leaders let's find the role models not realizing that on the journey that i too would be a leader Mm -hmm. that i too would be seen as a role model and so for me it's been that shift of initially it was like bip network the logo you can see bip why do you need to see who i am why do you need to know me Mm -hmm. but in business it's like they need to know the person behind the brand otherwise they don't really buy into the brand and so it took this whole process of like coming out of myself out of my shell, you know, stepping into my executive presence, you know, making sure people know my background and why I started BYP Network. And it's just been this ongoing journey of leadership development. So like even these leadership conferences, they help me, Mm. right? I go on to courses. I mean, I've been on so many business accelerators. Um, I'm always online. I go to networking events. I still learn and I still develop. And I think that's important for everyone here. Like it doesn't ever stop, right? And you have to keep going. And there's no such thing as made it. You've never made it. There's always a next level. That's fantastic that's beautiful yeah. i absolutely love that <laughs> and i love the fact that you touched on the reality of having to put yourself out there a lot more and i think a lot of folks in this room can resonate with the fact that there's a little bit of just nervousness yeah. in putting yourself out there whether it be for an opportunity that you want or you know a business that you're running um so my next question is how did you actually get comfortable with being present online being out here being the face of byp I feel like it's only really now, right? Seven years in, because I realized I was doing myself a disservice. Like, if you don't fully step into your power, you don't fully step into yourself, then you can feel it as well, and others can feel it too. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the platform's there for you, the stage is there for you, you have to walk on it. So it's up to you whether you come there, you say what you need to say, you know, you deliver your message, Mm -hmm. you inspire people, or you're sheepish, you know, or you're uninspiring. And you have to think, what do you want the audience to think about you when they leave the room? Mm -hmm. They could think, oh, she was really shy, I didn't really understand what she was talking about. I didn't get understand the business. Mm. Or they can leave thinking, wow, you know, BYP Network is incredible. Yeah. She's incredible. This yeah. is a great, great business. And you, you want to go for the latter, right? So you have to practice whether it's self-talk in the mirror, whether it's going and speaking any opportunity that you can in smaller rooms. You have to develop it. And it's important for your careers as well. Mm. Even if you're not on a stage, you're on stages in your career. Mm, you know, if you have good. to do a, a presentation for um, your manager or whatever, you need to have executive presence. You need to be able to get yourself out there so especially in time of social media you just need to you need to kind of embody it yeah so then let's kind of address the NFL in the room obviously we are black and so (laughs) 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 but sometimes when you're trying to step into and I love what you said an executive presence you're trying Mm -hmm. to carry an executive presence Mm -hmm. that can be perceived as aggressive intimidating Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and so how do you go past you've done the self-talk in the mirror you're confident you show up with 
that executive presence in the boardroom or in the office or in front of your team. And then you're kind of met with some resistance or maybe you start to get in your own head around how you're perceived. How do you then navigate through um, some of that tension and how have you navigated through that? Yeah, great question. I think, again, it's a journey. You know, you, you everyone has different opinions. Someone else could mm-hmm. receive something different from what you said than somebody else. They can come up to be like, oh, that, that you know, why would you say that? that's terrible? Where someone else would be like, that was incredible. Yeah. So you have to take each thing with a pinch of salt, I'd say. That's something me and my friend were talking about was that actually don't let others project onto you. You have to be the one that projects out, you know, because people will paint their narrative of you regardless. They, they say it's not about what you say. It's about the way you look, the way, you know, they judge you in five seconds. Yeah. So you have to make that conscious effort of knowing that that will happen anyway, you know, fine. But I know who I am. And I think that's super, super important. That's good. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, as you know, we are all about sisterhood over at Team My Sisters. It's kind of in the title of the podcast and the name of the community, right? And oftentimes when we think about leadership, we often think of an individual. We think of one person that's kind of flying the flag or the one person that's often in the forefront. How has relationships around you been pivotal um, in your leadership journey? Oh, they're so important. You know, I don't know if anyone knows here. I'm married. I have a baby. Um, (laughs) She's 15 months old. (laughs) She's very cute. She's cute. She's a little cute. Um, And I always said that one thing about me, I've always been intentional in my career, but also in my personal life as well. I know, you know, there's this kind of boss babe, CEO, CEO, Mm. I don't need a man, independent. And that's okay. But I did. Let me just be quite (laughs) quite frank, right? Like, I know how the journey is, you know, as a woman, you, you want your relationship. You want that kind of stuff. And I definitely prioritize prioritized that too and I thought it was so important and I'm so grateful to be in a place now where I have a great family life right like I can switch off and just chill and be with my family my weekends are filled with just going to play centers or just vibes in and I love that aspect of me right like I don't need to bring it here or bring it to work or whatever but I feel whole and feel very complete Mm -hmm. so even if things are difficult let's say with work or you know growing a business I know that I've got that kind of shut off that switch off where I'm happy in this in this space and you know I always say like those around me I'm always like you know what's going on like don't 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 like leave that part alone it's important if you want a relationship if you want a family it's important go for it right so I think a lot of the older women as well they always say oh you know what I left it too late that was my for you younger generation make sure you invest in that area and Mm -hmm. that's just that's my view too obviously each to their own um but I do think relationships are so important and then also with family as well I lost my mom a year and a half ago and the thing is what I realized is that I could never predicted that that I would lose my mom and that actually here I am with my husband and my baby yeah. like I always think would I have coped so if I didn't have that mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. you can't you can't predict life you yeah, don't know yeah. what's going to happen right like you think oh I'm good I've got my mom I've got my family we're good and then just like that gone yeah, yeah. and you know my husband was just so amazing in terms of just comforting me being there for me knowing that I was going to have a child as well that was also a comfort it was like oh my mom's coming back so her name is Yetunde which means like mm. grandma has returned in Yoruba wow. so for me it was like wow thank you God you know what yeah. a silver lining and it's made such a difference in my life wow yeah. that's that beautiful. beautiful Wow. I mean how have you handled obviously with so much going on in your personal life the beautiful the grief um, how have you handled having to deal with that but also show up as a leader in your organization 
Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, I always use the word crazy because it, it is. I remember, you know, I only had six weeks maternity leave, for example, because oh, just so gosh. much had to get done. Because <laughs> as you've been a business owner, people don't realise, right? You see this, you see the fancy lights, but there's a lot of hard work that goes behind all of it, right? Running a business, teams, individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like I said, in this kind of environment of soft life and people seeing and thinking, oh, I should be the same or, yeah. you know, what makes them different? Nothing makes me special or different. I just work hard. I'm resilient. And I think resilience is actually number one. During the same time I lost um, my my mum, yeah. someone else close within the business lost their dad, and sadly they weren't able to recover. Yeah. They weren't they weren't able to recover from it, and it it really just knocked them out. Whereas for me, knowing that I was you know having a child, knowing there was still a business to run, it's like I just had to switch to mm. kind of like there's still stuff to be done. Mm. Um, and I know that's hard for people, right? You want to kind of be down. Of course, life is happening, and you should be down. You should you should grieve that, but you're still here, you know? You can make those people proud, the people that have gone. You can still, you know, do stuff in their name, in their legacy, but you still have to show up, you know? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, life can really happen to you and it can take a, the, the worst turn and you never recover and then suddenly all the dreams that you have is gone and your, your confidence is on the ground. Everything is low because you weren't able to recover from life happening. And I think yeah, yep. that's, that's the takeaway I give. Like, you have, you have to be resilient in this life. Ooh, Absolutely beautiful. Goodness. Um, that is, that is the, heavy stuff. You know when the word just hits you, you're like, oh, I need to take a moment to just feel the wind of that. Yeah. That was, wow, the, the sweet fragrance. Um, anyways, <laughs> speaking of showing up and the importance of showing up, consistency, being out there, um, and it's something that between me and Courtney is super, super important, mm-hmm. just the importance of showing up. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask you a question around the courage to be disliked. Mm-hmm. Because when we think about leadership, when we think about putting ourselves out there oftentimes we have to deal with quote unquote the haters but also that resistance right from folks that may not get your vision your values who may actively have you know words or things to say about you so how do you deal with the reality of being disliked in certain situations or certain areas that's such a great question i think that's not touched on right like you don't actually think about there are people who don't like you for no reason they just don't like you like here she goes again on my timeline (laughs) (laughs) oh another win well done (laughs) you know and it's something within themselves that you know they they can't help but actually it does make a difference right because it makes you feel oh maybe I shouldn't put up my achievement yeah Mm -hmm. that's something I battled with Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. since young I've always been a high achiever like whether it's oh representing Great Britain Javelin all eight stars at school this scholarship like I've always been someone it's like win 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 but people don't see those those lows right Right. that I just explained it's, it's like that the lows are deep but the winds are high mm. but people will see both but the winds is what they'll see oh, another one you know yeah. Yeah. but that's what I'm telling myself it doesn't mean that's the truth people are like well done people are like wow I see her she looks just like me I can do it too yeah. so actually if you're thinking you've got haters and all this negative energy you're stopping your light shining mm. and you're stopping those who can feed off it and who can also be bright and do amazing things not get that from you just yeah, because yeah. you're afraid exactly. of being disliked yeah. like everyone has their little communities and a little niche Right, you can have a hundred people love you, ride or die for you. You might have a thousand who hate you. Focus on that hundred. Mm. That's that's true. Focus on that one hundred people. They're the ones that are going to uplift you and fuel you. And people always say, you know, you start something like a mixtape. No one's supporting you. No one in your local community is supporting you. <laughs> then you blow. You've got all these fans, and you're thinking, oh, all them haters from ends. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> you know, what I mean? but it's like you've blown now, right? Yeah, you, yeah, you, because yeah. you you did it. You kept going. You've blown. Yeah, and them haters yeah, from ends yeah. are still in ends, hating. Uh-huh. 
cares? So you have to you have to just go for it, right? And not care about negative yeah, what, yeah, what the negative yeah. people are saying. That brings me to a very interesting question because I feel like most times your friends aren't gonna support the mixtape because it's bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's terrible. Shout out to all the SoundCloud rappers though. We yeah, love you guys. You know, it's really like you do. give us the link, we'll shut it off. It's bad. <laughs> but that brings me to a real question around obviously we're all sitting here now having built stuff and doing amazing things you know looking real cute under the spotlight but have there been some fails in your mm. leadership journey like some things where you look back and you think shouldn't have handled that that way that wasn't very leaderish the whole journey is fails <laughs> oh my god the whole journey is fails and mm. it's funny because obviously we started the session um or the, the conference day on athlete mindset right mm. and the question i missed us about is about the fact that you fail so much as an athlete but it only takes one win Mm. that's actually the truth as an athlete you literally you have 20 competitions 19 was terrible you came last you didn't didn't succeed that one you get a new personal best you're now ranked number one in the country and you're the best wow like that is literally how it is as an athlete and that's how it is in business as well you get so many fails you hire the wrong person the person sweet talk you they didn't they didn't do anything they said they're going to do because you're worried of being liked you don't let them go mm. in time and then yeah, they yeah. Do cause destruction in your company and then you've got this it's non-stop it's non-stop especially when you're trying to change a narrative as well yeah right so one thing I always say is that at BIP, you know, we're here preaching black talent. We know there's black talent. Yep. So it starts here. We need to we need to show it internally, mm. you know. So why are we letting these standards slip? We can't, mm. right? This is a fail right here for us. Mm. And we know the battle is outside, but it's inside too, right? As a community, let's be honest. So it's one of those ones where it's a con it's a consistent fail. You're yeah. gonna keep failing. Like uh, there'll be a fail again tomorrow. But look at where we are today as a company, yeah. right? So even though we've been failing, we look how far we are. So if we give up from all the fails, then then, then what? But you have to fail your way to succeed, and that's the yeah. key thing. And we don't mm. do that enough in the UK. Mm. In the UK, it's like, mm. I don't want to try, it. what if I fail? When in America, it's very much, they expect you to fail. If you haven't got enough fails under your belt, right. they don't even want you. Mm. You know, They invest more in third-time founders than first-time founders because oh. they know that you failed in that, that company and you've learned a lot. That's and good. it's true. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, if this is what failure looks like. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to. <laughs> you need success. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's great advice. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful advice. Um, I actually want to touch on the whole, you know, intersectionality, right? Mm. Being both black, but also a woman, entering into these spaces. Obviously, BYP is a fantastic network of young black professionals, but hello for the black sisters in the room that really want to do well and the difficulty of entering into spaces, not just spaces that are not for you being black, but also not for you being woman, and then also not for you being black and a woman. And oftentimes these can even be in community spaces within our own community. So my question to you is, how do you navigate that? Like, what are some tips that you can share with folks that are black women, they want to be leaders, they want to be, you know, doing the thing, but they feel like they've almost got all of these stacks of I don't know, um, areas or, you know, identities that they feel are preventing them from entering these spaces. The crazy thing is, it's real. It is actually real. Like, one story I share, you know, it's a safe space, even though it's being recorded and be uploaded. Um, <laughs> it's like, actually, my worst work environment, it was from three black men who literally... I mean... <laughs> Sorry, but <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was so it was so bad. It's like they just they one I remember one of them said, Oh, when are you going to get married, have a baby so he can wow. shut you up? That 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 was it was like it yeah, it was so it was so toxic, guys. It was so bad. But 
Luckily, at the time, I also had incredible black men around me too. Yeah. Right, right. That's the key. So not all black men. Redemption. No, no, they're, they're sweating. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they're sweating. Yeah, so honestly, not all black men, yeah, yeah, not yeah, all sure. black people, not, yeah, not yeah. all white people. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with the community at the moment. It's like, all men are trash. Yeah. All black men are trash. Yeah. All women are trash. Yeah. And that's the narrative that keeps on going around and around. It's not true. Your one experience or 10 experiences with the, these individuals doesn't mean that all billions of people in the world are those people. Yeah. Right. You know? That's so good. Like, and I think that's something people need to really understand. And, and I say also in personal life, like dating life, okay, you had a bad experience dating this guy, this guy, this guy. It doesn't mean the next guy is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. But if you bring that energy mm-hmm. into that area, then it's going to be mm-hmm. bad. You actually have to draw a line under each situation mm-hmm. and keep it moving. Boy. If I let that situation at a time affect me BIP wouldn't be here mm. because I would have been like what's the point yeah. look at my community look yeah, what they're doing yeah. to me yeah. like That's look good. at what they're doing to That's me but, so but I kept it I kept going I kept moving and I understand that each situation is isolated even if it's 99% that 1% is still there you know and that's the go. stuff that keeps me motivated yeah. that's the dating advice someone needed yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic it's crazy how time has flown but we kind of have to wrap it up that's crazy oh I know I know <laughs> listen to my sister's podcast or part two hello uh, <laughs> hey. Hey. but I wanted to wrap this up by all of us sharing our tips for cultivating intentional leadership so let's you start, start. I've been talking well I, I just asked the question it's giving <laughs> Renee I had a feeling you were gonna turn to me first and yeah here we go that's what you get for sitting in the middle it seems intentional leadership mm. I think that if you're not a good leader of yourself, you'll be a bad leader of others. I think oftentimes we think that we need to show up for other people or like lead other people in order to in order for that to be the receipt that we're good leaders. But I find that if you have bad character, if you have bad systems in place, if you're allowing yourself to be ruled by elements outside of you, then you're going to be a bad leader in other situations. So I think that it's very, very important that you lead yourself first before you think you can step into the arena and lead other people. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think for me, don't expect people to be what you're not. Yeah. You have to, if you're a leader, you're a model. If right. your team is only going to reflect um, who you are and what you give. I think we've even seen it in relationships and friendship. Yeah, this year yeah. we wrote a book about cultivating friendship and being intentional about that. And one of the main things you learn is people give what they get from you. Right. And so if you're going to be a leader and you're going to ask people to show up with excellence, you have to display that, right? You have to be that leading example. And so, yeah, that would be my one. And I want to yeah. jump on that. And boundaries as well that's mm. the thing because I think something I found is that the lack of boundaries yeah. so even though you can show up with that excellence and be yeah. that but if people aren't showing that you're like oh let it slip let it mm. slip it will just cascade so I think that's so important yeah. doing that but then also having boundaries yeah. and something I saw the other day from Miles Monroe he's a, he's a pastor he passed away oh, sadly something that he's, he said is that leadership isn't actually about leading people mm-hmm. it's about finding your gift and offering your gift to the world mm. and I'm holding on to that and I that's think everyone good, yeah. else should yeah. Wow. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed Goodness. those nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. Apparently there's a Q&A. Ooh. Oh, what well, a show, y'all. <laughs> wow. Okay. Let's go into that. Does anyone have any questions? Oh, is it a slider? Yeah. Oh, it's high tech around here. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. All right. Fabulous. All right. Cool. Uh, what does it mean to be a black woman in business? How do you own being a black woman in what you do? 
Ooh. <laughs> I think what it means to be a black woman in business is seeing the negative news a lot and having to put it aside. So le- negative news are like 0.02% of black women raise over a million dollars or mm, something like that. Yeah. You know, I saw that, it was there, blah, blah, blah. But we did a fundraise and raised over a million dollars with 1,200 investors, yeah. you know? And that was because I was like, you know what? I see that, but we're going to prove them wrong. That's good. Right? But it's that constant knowing that, okay, these are, these are the things stacked against you and I'm understanding it, but I'm going to keep on going regardless. It goes back to that resilience. It is frustrating. We were born with res- resilience and trauma, whatever it is. Yeah. But sadly, it's, it's a continuous journey, right? And we're doing it for the next generation, the next generation, you know, after us. Mm. But you have to keep showing up regardless. And knowing, we know, you know, our backs against the wall. We know the microaggressions. We know the negative yeah. narratives. But what are we doing to kind of shine positive light? Mm. You know, during this time, again, safe space, a lot was going on as a black business, you know, founder, yeah. with their business, mm. ex- fine, right? That happened over there. That doesn't mean all black women business owners are the same. Yeah. You can't now look at me, you know, oh, is it the same? No, don't do that, right? Isolate it. And I think that's one of the problems. We're painted with the same brush. Ooh. If one of us fails, we all fail. Yeah. Mm. You know, all black businesses, black women, business founders are all the same. No. And I think that's that's the thing that um, I don't like as a, as a black woman leader. But these are things that we have to keep changing. And that's why we have to keep showing up as well. Yeah, mm. that's good. That's good. Do you want to ask the next one? Yeah, sure. Um... What's one way you wish to give back to your community? That's good. I'm giving back, no? <laughs> she Not says, holding the whole conference. So what else are you going to do? Huh? <laughs> Take my blood. You know? <laughs> um, so I actually just got named as vice chair of the London. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Chamber of Commerce Black Business Association. Thank you. So that's another extension of me in terms of giving back. Like as a business owner, what the things I've learned, how we can amplify other black businesses, how we can get, win them contracts and new businesses as well, get them networking. We realize it's about being in the right rooms and yeah. spaces. Mm-hmm. And through our connection with the London Chamber of Commerce, that's what it's about. It's that funnel in for black businesses to win business um, big business. And we want to also amplify them. We want mm-hmm. to show people, look, these are business leaders in different industries. How about the people doing wind, wind farming? What about them? We don't talk about them. It's not just community businesses like BYP Network. And for me, that's the first step of kind of doing something different outside of BYP Network and giving that part. And and I think we were saying earlier, like I'm not I'm not a content creator. I tried. I'm sorry. So I can't I can't show every dynamism of my life. Like I can't show every nitty gritty. But all I can do is post what I can or share what I can. I do office hours as well. Like every week, I meet at least four people a week. Just who've got questions on business. I you know I give that to them as well. So good. 
Um, and just whatever I can, really and truly. But again, boundaries, and mm. I need time for me too. And I think, I think, yeah. I think I'm giving a lot, guys. You are. You are. You're <laughs> yeah, doing you're a trained. great job, sweetie. Okay. <laughs> so this must to the panel, so all of us. How, as a black man in tech, can I support more intentionally women in tech and make Ooh. sure that they don't feel like imposters? Oh, shout, shout out, to you. brother. Thank, Thank you. Brother. Thank you. See, not all we black men. Do you get? Yeah. <laughs> we need you. Oh, yeah, to yeah, the panel. Could, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's the way you turned around and said, ah, okay. Um, I think one thing is giving people the stage and passing the mic. Um, I think when people want to share ideas, they can often just be overlooked um, and not given even just the room to share what it is that they're thinking and so I think when you are given that opportunity to speak and share ideas if you see that somebody hasn't maybe the space for them hasn't been created for them to open up their mouth and maybe they're a bit shy I think a lot of this also comes down to temperament because some people may feel like I, I know my idea is not going to be received in this room so let me just shut down I think it's good to just pass the mic and be like before I share my idea Renee what do you think you know and I think that's a good way to give someone um the platform when you've been given it and kind of use your privilege for good mm-hmm. um, in that way. How about you? Yeah, that was great advice. Um, I think to add to that, just having a listening ear, I think oftentimes a lot of black women can feel discouraged in sharing their you know journeys or their lived experiences because they're being shut down by so many different folks, right? From white folks to our community. Um, so actively like making the space to listen, holding space for black women um, to hear their stories, to actually validate them, to support them is super important, both in the industry, but also in personal capacities as well. Um, so, you know, when you do have friends that are trying to speak to you about some of the issues that we're going through as a community like open your ears Shad. you don't always have to answer but you can actually just say you know what I'm actually going to listen to you I'm going to hear you because one of the most powerful things for people is when they feel heard yeah um so yeah opening up your ears actually giving space to the women in your life and the women not just the ones in close proximity to you as well because I know that for a lot of brothers it's so easy to give space to women that we know and women that we love and women that are close to us but giving space to black women in all of their variety and all of their context is really important. Excellent. I think if I think back to the environment I was in, because it was tech and it was black men in tech, Mm. I'd say if only they just supported me, you know, they saw I was excited. This was early days of BYP Network. I'd invite them to, you know, come along to the event. They're just like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll come, I'll show show it. And that would have went a long way, honestly. Mm. Just just showing that kind of energy back and that enthusiasm. Mm. Or even if they didn't think it was anything great, just being like, okay, cool, well done. Like, but... That that's a positive, I'd say, not the negative, um, mm. and that make a huge difference. Mm. Yeah, that's excellent. That's, beautiful. that's excellent. All right, final question: Did you always envision yourself as a leader? If not, what would you say to your younger self who's becoming a leader? Is that to know. the panel? Is that just yeah? yeah. yeah. Let's, let's just keep it going. I'm not going first. I just okay. want that to be known. Because <laughs> I know you're not looking at me again. <laughs> I think because I was doing sports at yeah. such a young age, I saw myself as an athlete, you know, on major stages, throwing the javelin, competing globally, internationally. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that that came with role model visibility as a sports person. Mm. I wouldn't say I ever saw myself as a business leader or anything along those lines. But mm. from a young age, I've always had to go on stages, say, "Hey, I'm Kike. I do sports." Um, my Borough supported me at the time as well, so I had to go to a lot of borough events as well. So from a young age, I've always been pushed, I'd say, into leadership because of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's only now I'm stepping into it. Mm-hmm. So my advice would be step into it earlier. Just step into mm-hmm. it. If it's already there, if it's calling you, if it's obvious, just, just lean in. No yeah. point in pushing yourself away and trying to make yourself smaller. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. How about you, Renee? I think for me, I would say to my younger self... Um, 
the, the things that you see as disadvantages will become your superpower in the spaces that you want to enter. I think for me, when I was younger, I kept on seeing things that made me different as things that would be a disadvantage in like operating in certain spaces. Ah, you're the only black person in this room or like you're the only woman in this room or you're not from a background that is like seen as acceptable in these particular spaces. But it's actually from difference that we can draw that level of leadership and that understanding and that context and that fresh perspective that everyone likes to use when they're talking about their diversity campaigns yeah. and whatnot. It's like, yeah, <laughs> diversity inclusion is all about fresh perspectives and all Diverse that nonsense. That they, yeah, there you go. First thoughts and mixed groups and all that kind of nonsense. <laughs> but it's actually from a lot of these quote unquote differences that you can draw so much strength and mm. so much um, quote unquote diversity, but also just your capacity to lead. You can lead from those quote unquote disadvantages. There are people that are actually relying on you to lean into those disadvantages and That's turn them into superpowers so that you can then empower other people. So That's to younger excellent. Renee, I'll say, girl, all of these things that, you, that make you different is what makes you special. That so, is yeah. beautiful. Uh, what would I tell younger Courtney? Maybe focus on studying a bit more. Uh, but I would ultimately say, like, keep serving people. Um, I think when people identify you as a leader, it's easy to put on, you know, your shoulders up. Yeah, I'm a leader. And that's so cool. And people are like, you, you're going far. But I think it's to remember that the best leaders are the greatest servants. Yep. So serve people. Always look for where you can add value to people. Um, because I think we always think it's our gifts and our talents that open doors and make room for us but oftentimes it's also the favour of people yeah, and people just liking us and um, you can gain people's favour by serving them yeah. um, and being really servant conscious when it comes to serving people whether they are higher than you below you in whatever work structure you're in um, think about how you can serve community I think even with two my sisters what we've done and the amount of global support we've received from women is because every week we think how can we serve them better with the resources that come from this content how can we serve them better and so yeah that's what I'll tell her don't get don't get puffed up serve yeah. <laughs> amazing well beautiful people this is actually the end yes <laughs> not a jump scare this time no. not a false alarm no it's not a gag this one's over but um, it was so lovely speaking to you thank you so much Kike not for just me. for being on this panel but for Honestly. everything you do Honestly, thank you, thank you for this conference and thank you for BYP um, and everything you're going to be doing with Chamber of Commerce as well. We have been your amazing hosts. This is my best friend, Renee Kapuku, and I am Courtney Daniela Boati. Thank you for coming to our podcast. <laughs> one thing about Kike that I absolutely, well, I love a lot of things about Kike. Love that piece, yeah. But one thing that I really love about her is her rawness. Mm. I think oftentimes when we talk about things that are super high level, like oh, leadership, yeah. intentional leadership, it doesn't feel raw or real, mm. especially when it comes to what does it look like on a day-to-day -day basis, yeah. actually running a company that is, you know, doing the millions, doing the rounds mm. and how that impacts things like your personal relationships. Yeah. You know, I love the fact that she shared a little bit about her own personal life, about her mother um, who, rest in peace, yeah. passed away during that time, about, you know, her marriage, about her wonderful, wonderful daughter, daughter. and the reality of juggling all of these different things. Yeah while serving in a leadership capacity yeah man but yeah i would love to hear a little bit more about like your reflections mm. on the necessity of rawness when mm. you are in leadership positions when you are called to be somebody that's in the front like yeah how do Boy. you yeah how do you navigate that whole <laughs> i want to be an intentional leader yeah. but there's so many things that i'm dealing with in my real life yeah. um that can often shape 
sometimes even hinder or perhaps bleed into leadership. I think the thing that I'm learning on this leadership journey Mm. is the two actually go hand in hand Mm -hmm. and they complement each other quite well. And I know there can sometimes be expectations for leaders to be, you know, hard Mm -hmm. and really bearing all the force of Mm -hmm. everything and um, just doing the hard stuff and leading really hard. But I do love this concept of like soft power Mm -hmm. and soft leadership. And I also think that like, it's beautiful to be vulnerable as a leader because you demonstrate to other people that they can be human too. Right. And you can still drive and strive for excellence and high performance and still be like, but this can be tiring. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I need to rest. And also I'm a leader, not just here, but in other areas. I'm a leader mm. in my home. I'm a leader in my church. I'm a leader. And those things also take priority at some points, you know? And so I think being honest, being vulnerable and being raw with the people who you are leading not only gives them the permission to do the same in a respectful and effective way yep. and builds rapport with them, but also allows you to be an effective leader across the board, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. In what it is you're doing. So I think it's a form of setting boundaries and a form of being honest with yourself, yeah. but also a form of giving your team permission to be human, right? And I think as leaders, there can be an expectations other place on us to be yeah. sub like more than human, superhuman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we can then project that same feeling onto other people yeah. out of like resentment or um, losing touch of our humanity. And so I think being vulnerable allows us to remind people and ourselves that it's okay to be human mm-hmm. and it's okay to know your limits mm-hmm, as mm-hmm, well and mm-hmm. to know when you need to show up for something else. 100%. Yeah. It is a nice thing, man, but vulnerability can be hard. And I think as people who are navigating their careers, yeah, navigating yeah. building um, on like a company, yeah, that thing, being entrepreneurs, <laughs> trying to that make thing. money out here. Hopefully, one day we can also stand next to Kika and be like Maybe seven the figures, baby. the eight figures, yeah. the nines. Um, but where do you think vulnerability? How do you think actually we mm. can be vulnerable mm-hmm. in a professional space? Mm-hmm. Like practically, what does that look like? Because you can't just go to your boss every week crying, yeah. crying, crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean, it's not professional. <laughs> compose yourself now you've come to cry again <laughs> do you get what i mean like boss. and there is as much as we say like vulnerability isn't weakness mm. you don't want to constantly be showing up to your team and being like i can't handle this i can't yeah, handle yeah, this i can't yeah. handle you will get demoted yeah. or you will yeah, get fired you know and people will much. tell you it's for your own as well 100%. so how do we balance that um yes being vulnerable it's different being vulnerable with your girls and with mm-hmm, your sisters mm-hmm. and being vulnerable to your team and to your mm-hmm. boss so or even to your employees yeah. so as um to be fair, even to your co-founder. Yeah, so yeah, as, know, um, as what does basically, yeah. So as people who are trying to be vulnerable in a professional environment, yeah. what does that actually look like? Yeah, no, that's a, actually, that's a brilliant question because I think thank it's you. so difficult. I'm screaming, thank you, I'm, understood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, touching the hearts today. Um, I think that's a brilliant question because it forces us to look at the current systems that we have within professional settings for that to be true. Mm. If it is that you are only going to your boss at the brink of a breakdown, then that's not vulnerability. That's actual just breakdown. Mm. Vulnerability doesn't always constantly look like, hey, I'm crashing or I'm burning or I need some kind of um, outlet or some kind of um, rescue attempt. Yeah. Vulnerability is something that needs to be built and cultivated over the smaller interactions that mm. we have within professional settings. So it doesn't have to look like hey I have a deadline and I need to pick up my kids and I'm super super overwhelmed it can look like hey can we have a hard stop at this particular time because I have to prioritize you know my kids Mm. it doesn't always have to be a hey I'm super super overwhelmed like how can I you know take all of this time off of work it can also look like hey I 
um, would love to do this, mm. but I don't have the current headspace to actually deal with this right now, but I will prioritize it mm. at this particular time, right? Yeah. So it is being, it does necessitate having clarity around what are the things that you hold true to your life yeah. and being able to communicate it before the fire starts. Yeah, And I think that, one of the greatest analogies that I've used recently in a professional setting, funnily enough, um, is understanding rocks. What are rocks? What are pebbles? And what is sand? Mm. So rocks are the big immovable things in your life. Imagine you're putting all of this stuff into a jar, right? You put the big chunky rocks into the jar. These form like your values, the things that you're not going yeah. to move on, your priorities, whether it be in a professional setting, but also a personal setting. Yeah. And if someone were to ask you, is the jar full? you would say yes, but the pebbles fit into the gaps of those rocks. Mm. Pebbles can be things that can, it has a little bit more wiggle room, right? So what are the things in your personal and professional life that yeah. may have a wiggle room? A deadline that you think is a rock might actually end up being a pebble, something that can shift back maybe a week to allow you to focus and prioritize on the rocks. And then what is actually sand, the day-to-day yeah. -day stuff that we can deprioritize as well. Um, but again, it really requires you to have a very solid understanding of what are your rocks in mm -hmm. your life? What are your priorities in your life? And being quite clear in articulating this again and again and again mm. consistently um, and not waiting to a point of um, breakdown to communicate or be vulnerable with another person. Yeah, um, I think of the conversations that we have taking a more preventative approach than one that is mediated in, you know, fighting fires. Um, if we take the necessary precautions, then we can avoid, you know, visits to the doctor, yeah, visits from firefighters, yeah, yeah. right? So it's taking a more proactive and preventative approach to expressing yourself in these professional um, situations and also actually building relationships with other people where yeah. the professional and the personal does bleed into each yeah. other I don't think it's a healthy environment to simply be professional all the time because even this whole notion of professionalism sometimes can be quite toxic yeah because we think that professionalism and vulnerability and actual priorities in our yeah, personal life mutually are mutually exclusive when the two go hand in hand if you are a mother or if you are somebody that has other priorities if you are dealing with grief or if there are other things in your life that are rocks mm. then these need to be communicated up front and i think what i loved about what you said earlier is everybody's actually human mm. so appealing to the humanity when you are being vulnerable and transparent with other people in cultivating those relationships yeah. will actually create such wonderful spaces for you to actually share what is on your mind what is on your heart the things that you can do the things that you can't do mm. and then um the last thing that i also say is actually making sure that you prioritize the work that you do and still doing it mm. to a high standard mm. i think because we often wait to a point of breakdown to be vulnerable yeah. our work also slacks and yeah. we also don't have enough receipts to back up that whilst we are you know doing a whole bunch of things mm we still have the receipts or we still have worked on projects and we've actually committed to it. We've showed up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. When I think of somebody like Kike, obviously she's been dealing with a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Or when I think about the relationship between us two, we deal with a lot of stuff in our personal life, but we still prioritize showing up. Mm. So it's knowing when to toe the line and also doing the balancing act of, yes, I can be dealing with something and there will be times where I will break down or times where I need to, you know, deprioritize some of my work. But when I do have capacity to work on my work, showing up for my work mm. well, so that heaven forbid a breakdown does happen, I can still rest on the fact that I have been consistent yeah. and I actually care about the work That's that good. I do. Because that often speaks 
louder to people within the workspace than the uh, crashing, burning, yeah. uh, crashing, burning, because you become known for crashing and yeah. burning and not, necessarily and not being reliable. That. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's so good. That is so good. But leadership be hard, man. Leadership, <laughs> leadership be hard. Be hard. <laughs> it be hard. It be hard. And articulating, you know, when you're struggling um, can be very, very difficult, yeah. especially if you are a woman yeah. or like a woman from an ethnic minority background, yeah. especially being black women. It, there are so many narratives out there of us being wonder women and juggling it all yeah. and how do you like one of the questions that we often get asked is how, how do you do, you it, do it, all? it all how do you balance Barely. the whole <laughs> so i'm gonna post <laughs> i'm gonna post that question so that when people ask you kid you know <laughs> time stamp <laughs> listen to this podcast at this time but like what is your reaction to the question yeah. of how do you balance it all how do you juggle it all being a black woman in yeah. the professional sphere building all of these different things at different yeah. times like what does it actually practically look like it's because so layered. there's so it's much so layered and the reason why i say that is like even when as you were asking me the question oftentimes my internal voice is screaming i need help yeah <laughs> like i actually need help professional help maybe oh, <laughs> yeah, also yeah, like yeah, i need yeah, professionals yeah. to yeah, help me yeah, yeah um and i think one thing especially as business owners that we don't do sometimes is build a team mm. And I think as black Ooh, women and as black people, yeah, yeah, Baptist yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I think as well as like, and this is why I'm saying it's layered, right? Because as black women who are building businesses, oftentimes our business will start off small, mm, right? Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not building businesses that go to VC fundraising from the jump. Do yep, you know what I yep. mean? Like that's, that's not all of us. And the majority of us aren't, we're, we're bootstrapping, we're building small businesses, we're doing things with our family, our friends, mm-hmm, we're doing mm-hmm. things which great, amazing impact, but start off small, you know, um, at least on the team side of things. Yeah, yeah. And so I think because we do get used to doing everything mm-hmm, on our own, being mm-hmm. multifaceted, being multi-hyphenated, having to be the accountant, the lawyer, even if you outsource this thing, being used to being the business development, the marketing, the sales, the customer service, like all of the day-to-day tasks, you're probably yeah. the one doing everything. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to then ask for help or build systems that help us mm-hmm. to not have to do any everything all the time. Yeah, yeah. Even when we do get to a stage where it it's actually breaking point and you need to. And I think this isn't just the floor of like, you know, superwoman syndrome and us be, us finding it hard to let go of control. Yeah, yeah. I also think that sometimes the resources aren't there right. or we haven't built that leadership capability to be able to make that transition mm-hmm. from being, you know, a sole, solo entrepreneur to then maybe being a co-founder or to being, you know, a boss yeah, right yeah, and i think yeah. a lot of us are out here calling ourselves like boss babe mm. but we don't run a team at mm, all right mm. and it's like no you're not you're not walking in that leadership capacity and i think what's so admirable about what kike has done and what so many other black female entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs in general are doing is they can make they have built systems which allow their operations to run without them mm. Kika was in a room, one room in this massive hotel, having a conversation with us whilst the whole conference was happening mm. around her, right? Under her leadership. Yeah. And I think it's now sharpened those leadership skills, mm. sharpened that those um, skill sets far more than even just our understanding of our own business, but mm. actual, actually the principles of leadership, which would allow yeah, for us yeah. to build a team, lead a team, and also start focusing on that phrase that they always use, focusing on working 
on our business and mm. not just in our business. Mm. And I think that that's where a lot of us get stuck. We're working in our business. And so we have to become super women. Yeah. We have to fight all the fires. We have to do everything. Mm. Um, and even me, like that's one of my biggest prayer points. Like God helped me to make that transition mm. as a person because it's a completely different skill set. It's, it's a completely different mindset. And it, take, it, it presents new challenges, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. it presents new opportunities which allow you to really fly if that's your calling. Um, I think it's important to also say like, leadership is for everybody yeah this is it. cultivating those leadership skills are for everybody even if you're not in business or you're not you know maybe c-suite level you being a leader in your role is important you having Mm. initiative you being able to like manage relationships Mm -hmm, well mm -hmm. manage people well and but even as you are building a community around you even if it is just in sisterhood Mm. a lot if you read into leadership if you study it those principles really do carry over into like i said in the intro leading the life you want you Mm -hmm, have to mm -hmm. be a leader um and figuring out what those steps practical steps are and what the learnings are for you it will be important beautiful man yeah man. absolutely yeah beautiful. but we hope that you enjoyed this conversation um with kick air with ourselves yes. and we want to know what you think leadership is something that we both are so fascinated by right. um and we are both walking in and so we want to hear from you what are your thoughts on leadership how can we intentionally build and cultivate leadership mm. in our lives and our leadership how do we grow our leadership capability drop your comments drop your experiences talk to us down below and also follow us across all social media platforms at to my sisterhood but you can also follow byp network we know so many of you young professionals will be able to benefit from the network not just in the uk but internationally as well so plug into there also absolutely and don't forget to follow us individually you already know at renee kapuku and the lovely illustrious lady on my left my best friend at cd and sisters we tell you we remind you every single week sign up to the newsletter Mm -hmm. because there will be a whole bunch of fun insightful tips and tricks to get you through your week as well as the plug to the latest events Mm. the latest bits and pieces that is happening within the tms community and if you want to be part of the sisterhood the newsletter is where to find us so make sure that you sign up over at www.tomysisters.com we love to see it well sisters have an amazing week go forth and lead and as always keep glowing and growing hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com